Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ukulele on the Ground podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero. Joining me are Mr. Aaron, the voice, not Say, What's up, Aaron? What's up? Mr. Kahai, the legend. Fergan, say what's up, Kahai? What's up? True legend in, in our industry. Uh, because, you know what? You're the guy that makes this happen. You're the mm-hmm. guy that presses the buttons. You're the guy that makes me go live on, on the internet. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for the legend, I yeah. would be just talking to a camera. And you're, right? you're not yeah, saying not this. Not plug into anything. Yeah, I would do it too. Yeah. <laughs> I would just do it. You're, and you're not saying this because right before we went live, I did not push a button that made us go live. <laughs> no, I just wanted to let. I just want to remind you how much I appreciate your legend status. That's okay, all. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Welcome. What we do here is we answer any and all of your ukulele questions or non-ukulele questions, preferably ukulele. However, you may give them to us, uh, you know, via the live chat because we are live this is the ukulele on the ground live podcast unless i guess you're listening as a replay anyway enough with that um you can ask us anything that you want ask us in the live chat ask us in the comment section below ask us via email go on our website whatever whatever however you want to give us your questions we'll try to answer them as best as we can so i come up i'll give you my two cents Aaron will come up with his two cents kai will come up with his two cents and we'll give you the best six cent answer just for you all right you, you, you ready? Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were just asking the audience. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Ho'omao kao kao kai? Ai. Aaron? Ai, ai, Captain. I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get started. Uh, gentlemen, what do we what do you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, by the way, before we get started, uh, live chat. Type it in right now if you guys have a question. Okay? Go yeah. ahead. Uh, yeah, we want, or I wanted to ask you, what are three easy neo chords? And by that, uh, if you don't watch the mm-hmm. Friday Jam, we have a term called, or we say neo, neo, N E I L, not neo, 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 like yeah. neo chin. We're specifically, yeah. yeah, and it's chords that are fancy. So, like, uh, what, is it? what are three, three? easy chords that sound fancy you know oh. and i was thinking like what are maybe what are chords <laughs> that if n-e-a-l yeah actually yeah yeah n-e-a-l yeah okay n-e-a-l sorry neil 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 what are chords that maybe it's like uh playing this chord makes me sound better than i actually i got you i got okay i got you all right um top what three you said yeah, or top three. Yeah, three. Or and, just top chords. And then, <laughs> you know, for the thumbnail, we also had you play a, a chord. And maybe yeah. you can talk about that chord at okay. the end. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, on our Allure Friday Live Jams, you know, usually just, just to stay nice and, uh, you know, and friendly with the, uh, with, with the learning audience or the play-along audience, uh, we like to play nice and simple, you know, chords that people can follow along to. Uh, relatively simple, I should say. Um but at the end, it you know when we end on a chord, we like to end on a nice kind of jazzy chord or some kind of fancy chord. And uh, and because we have a lot of great jazz friends, you know, like who are the only well, I feel like one of the only people that would appreciate such things. Uh, we got Neil, we got uh, Abe, you know, we got like 
that's it. <laughs> there's, there's others that, of course, Sarah, you know, oh, like yeah, there's yeah. others. But the two that we mention a lot on Aloha Friday Live Jam are Neil and Abe because, I don't know, maybe like they're, you know, for me, jazz is one of those things that I don't really excel at that much on the ukulele. There's many like aspects of the ukulele that I'm not that great at, but I'm trying, you know. So this, that's kind of like my my attempt at like please notice me senpai <laughs> senpai like, notice me i notice like court too yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a nod you know it's, it's a nod who like, actually know like abe you just uh, this, this, you approve you approve <laughs> of my of my flat five chord <laughs> you know what I mean? like it's it's stuff like that where like um uh it's 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 a nod and and it's more more of a joke you know like but I mean, at the same time, it's like, yeah, you like that? That's that's nice, right? It's for you, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like a, a secret message to my jazz friends as well, you know, <laughs> kind of like that. So a secret message that we make blatantly obvious by going, <laughs> Neil, Neil, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, well, the message, you know, really like how a picture paints a thousand words, kind of like that. We're like, oh, Adrian went there. He could have went here, 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 and here. But this is what he ended with. Nice. Or like, ew, what was that? Why would you do that? You know what I mean? So it could go either way, you know? Like, And, and I'm really putting myself out there to, uh, to, to my friends who know better, you know? So um, my top favorite, uh, Neil Chords. Or easy, or easy, yeah. easy yeah. Neil chords. My top favorite, easy Neil chords. Number one, major sevens, so easy. One finger. Okay, so a major seven chord, and you you can move this up and down. You know that. You can, so you know, you imagine the, the bar chord. So A string second fret. This is a C major seven chord. What this is is the C E and G, which is your C chord. And then B, which is the major seven. Whenever you hear a chord C7, usually uh, a C7 is short for C dominant seven. So which is a flat seven like this. That's a C7. This is a C major seven, which you can substitute for a, uh, a C, either uh, as a one chord or as a four chord, but never as a five chord. Okay? For those of you folks who who know, I, I need to slightly sound like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> so that's it. So C major seven. Of course, you can move this around, and whatever your C string lands on. So this is the chord shape. Basically, it's a bar, and then uh, uh, you skip one fret, and then you play the next fret. So in this case, I don't have to bar because the zero fret does it for me. But if I wanted to do a C sharp major seven, B one or D major seven. At all, like instantly makes you sound like, oh man, that that guy knows his major seven chords. Look how fancy that is, you know. So major seven, uh, that's that's my first one, and you can move this like uh, all around the fretboard, nice and simple. The uh, there's major sevens are my my favorites, like that that sound kind of jazzy. Another one is a it's a G major seven chord shape. <laughs> is this so instead of g it's actually easier yeah you just take your pointer finger you bar the bottom three strings so your g chord is usually consists of g d g b so you're just doubling up these two notes right here okay so instead of the g you're gonna play the major seven which is f sharp so now you have g d f sharp and b so you have the one you have the three you have the five and you have the major seven. 
Sounds really nice. And of course, you know, you can move this up and down the fretboard. So just imagine your pointer finger here playing that zero fret. You can move it up and down. Okay. And whatever your pointer finger on the top string is, uh, is touching, that's the um, major chord. So in this case, if I were to do it here, so bottom three strings in the fourth fret, top string second fret. So the top string second fret is an A, meaning this is an A major seven chord. So if you wanted a C major 7, you have this one. And if you wanted a C major 7, next inversion up. Or two inversions, I guess this, this is the next inversion. The inversion up right here. C major 7. So you got this major 7 chord shape. And that major 7 chord shape. So you could use okay. that to substitute for like a major chord? Yeah, for, for a major, once again, 1 and 4. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say... Uh, Never on 5. Could you maybe play some chord progressions where you could replace with like a yeah, C major? Yeah, sure, sure, and... sure, sure. So instead of um, uh, if the chords were like uh, were G and C, for example, uh, or uh, let, let's do Brown Eyed Girl, just so to put it in context, you guys might might know it's a G. Where did we go? The days when the rains came. Right. So normal G and to C chord G. Then to D chord. So that's one, that's four, and this is five. So G is one, C is four, D is five. You don't know what I'm talking about? Don't worry about it. Just focus on the on the chord. So now, um, instead of G, I can substitute a G major seven in there. And it sounds nice and fancy. Watch. Heaven did we go? Days when the rains came. So it sounds, you know, it sounds kind of jazzy because it is. You you hear a slight um, tension between the major seven and the one, which is the G, because they're just a half step away from each other. So if you play it just by itself, it sounds really <laughs> dissonant. Yeah, dissonant. Not that tension. Yeah, but it, uh, in context of the full chord. And like I said, even the four chord can be turned into a major seven. So instead of C, we learn how to play our C major seven. So you have a. Where did we go? The days when the rains came. So D. But watch what happens if I play the five as a major seven as well. So this is our D major seven, right? Because we said this is a C major seven. So a step up would be D major seven. Watch. Where did we go? Days when the rains came. <laughs> no. Why? Because the seven, major seven on a five chord is not part of our scale. Ace. And or a key. Yeah, scale in the key. And if people want to try it, yeah. they can just like try replacing yeah. with major sevens. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then they can realize like, oh, that's probably yeah. the five chord. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah, quite yeah. work there. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's that's my all-time favorites. And then there are also minor sevens, which I love. Okay? Now, uh, the first minor seven is just, and you guys play this all the time, okay? Not necessarily a neal chord, but I'll get to the neal chord. Now, when we uh, when we do bar chords here, or like minor chords, it's never the minor chords. So if we say like, say drop, baby, drop, when we play drop, baby, drop on Friday, instead of it being A, C sharp minor, B minor and E7, it's always A, C sharp minor 7, B minor 7, and E7. Okay? So that's that's it. So it's instead of this, 
because usually the, the, the ring finger is playing the same note as the bottom, which is the one, by lowering that by a whole step, which is just letting this go because your pointer finger is there, that whole step. That makes it that minor seven because we're playing a B minor chord, but we're also playing the seven in there. The B minor uh, triad being B, D, F sharp, but you're also adding an A as your minor seven. So. Okay, so now drop baby drop becomes A, C sharp minor seven, B minor seven, E seven back to A. Okay, now we can make the, we can kneel it down. Now there's a couple ways to make this a kneel chord, just like how a couple ways to make that major seven chord. So the first one, my favorite, not that easy, but actually my favorite is this chord shape right here. Pointer finger barring, so this is an A minor chord, okay? Pointer finger barring the second fret, middle finger on the E and A strings, third fret, while your ring finger goes on the C string, fourth fret. Nice and easy. So that's also <laughs> nah, a minor nah, nah. seven? This is a minor seven chord. So the chord is A minor seven, and I'll show you folks why. So A minor is here, or here, right? So we said that, um, so imagine this is the bar chord, right? But, and we said if we take out that middle finger and just play that, that's why our open chord is an A minor seven chord, which gives us the notes uh, a, the, the triad is A, E, C, and then you have a G as the minor seven. When I play this, I'm playing the A, E, G, so A being on the G string second fret, um, E being on the C string fourth fret, middle finger G on the E string third fret, and then we need that C in there, right? We said A. E, C, and then G. So C is right there. But I associate it with like, here's a, or even more, more easier. Here's a G minor chord. Where's the G? Right there and up here. We can't do anything about this. Well, we can do something about this. Because this can't go any lower. But this can by a whole step, right? So here... So this going down a whole step is kind of like a B flat chord. So this is a G minor seven chord. And when we move it up, because we're, we're you know we're uh, we're looking at open uh, open notes as we move that chord up. So just think about making your B flat chord with your two middle fingers, and then adding that pointer finger at the top. So you don't even have to bar do a full bar. You just need that that chord at the top. Even like when you play it, it sounds very ukulele jazz, you know? But we're talking about easy. Now, how do we make that easy? So another way to play a minor seven chord looks like this. It's like, oh, Gene, that's not easy. It's like, well, this is as easy as I can make it. <laughs> okay? Uh, minor sevens. So this is an A minor seven. All right? So you got your C up here. G string 5th fret, you get your C string 7th fret, middle finger and A string 5th fret, 
pinky finger and A string 7th fret. So it's basically 5757. Five, seven. You can look at it that, that way. And for those of you who are having a hard time holding this chord, it really breaks down to like um, playing a G chord one string up. So that's how I break down diminished chords for people. So a diminished chord is just a G chord, but you move this whole thing one string up. Then you take your pinky finger, place it on the same fret as your ring finger. Bam, you got a diminished chord. And that minor seven chord is just taking that same chord shape, moving your ring and pinky finger forward by one fret. And the trick is for this one, whatever your middle finger lands on is that minor chord. So in this case, E string fifth fret, a, which then makes this chord an A minor 7. So you have an open A minor. Another easy minor 7 uh, shape is this. Which is like your, uh, and you don't have to play it like how I play it. You can play it like this. So play it like a D minor. And then just adding your pinky finger to the, to the A string, 3rd fret. So you're occupying uh, one, two, and three frets. One, the first fret, second fret, third fret. So D minor, just add that pinky finger there. So if, uh, if I were to take this up, say, and whatever the pointer finger touches in that, you know, in that chord shape becomes that, you know, that minor seven. So I hold it like this because I don't like using all four, just kind of bunching it up. I use one finger to hold the, the two notes at the top and then my pinky finger here. So if you move that up, so there's D minor 7, D sharp minor 7, here's E minor 7, here's F minor 7, uh, uh, F minor 7, F sharp minor 7, G minor 7, G sharp minor 7, and A minor 7. So this gives us our other A minor 7 chord. So we have... Sounds super jazzy, but you're just playing the same chord up like four, you know, four times. You can, and then you do play that one that bar way, you know? So you can you have one, oh sorry, one, two, three, four, five. It sounds super jazzy already. So if you were to do like a two, five, one, if if the A minor is your two, D7 will be your your five, and then to the G. So this is something kind of jazzy, which doesn't really take that much. So you got seven because it becomes a one okay what's cool about this is if you are in a two five one because a lot that that chord progression happens often okay when you have a minor seven chord shape for example a minor seven the five to that is one move away. Your ring finger, if you just move that back a half step, it becomes a D7. So what, you know, let's test this out. So here's, it is in G minor. If we move this ring finger down one, it becomes a C7. So if you're doing two five ones, I love using this chord shape because it makes it easy to do the two five one.
That's a nice little new chord. And uh, last but not least, one, because, uh, you know, it's just thought, it's just minor sevens and major sevens, Aldrin. It's not necessarily newlish to that, okay? Now, let's talk about flat fives, okay? So, in this case, um, let's do a minor seven flat five and a major seven flat five. So, we learn major sevens, we're going to flat five that major seven, and we learn minor seven, we're going to flat five that minor seven, okay? So, what is a flat five? You're going to take five, the fifth note, in the scale, and you flat it by a half step, okay? So, if, uh, and you can do it to, um, you can, but um, we're, we're not going gonna to do it to this open C. But, let's take that, that chord shape, that major 7 chord shape, for example. We place it up here as an F major 7. What is the 5 of F, Kai? Uh, 5 of F is C. C, very good. Where's the C at? Right here. We're going to flat that. Okay, so we have this, but how are we going to play this bar? We're going to use middle finger to play the bottom three strings, pinky finger on the A string 7th fret, corner finger right there. So we're flatting that. Ooh, that major 7 flat 5. It's just something to end in that I really like. So if we have a 2 5 1 and. Just ending in like a major 7 flat 5 sounds really nice. Same thing, um, say D minor 7. Here is our D minor 7, right? What is the 5 of D, Kahai Kung? 5 of D? Yeah. Uh, D, E, F. G A. Hey, so, so here's our A. So that would be our flat five. So how are we gonna do that? Remember that that chord, that minor seven chord that we did. Boom. There's that. There's that five. Just flat it by one. So it's our D minor flat five, which also works right here, because they're a D minor seven, right? So five. Flat that by f so this D minor flat five D minor seven flat five easy ish new because new chords are not supposed to be easy but those are easy ish new chords especially the first two that I showed you and you just get progressively harder and harder right those are my favorite anyway my favorite common new chords and you can just add more to that you know they can keep adding things you have that minor seven flat five. Add 13, whatever, you know, you want to add in there. And then it becomes real, like, a, like you know. I think the more things that you add, the more Abe goes, yes. The more, like, <laughs> rings you're putting in his, uh, in his gauntlet, <laughs> his infinity gauntlet. What's that uh, first chord for Benny and the Jets? Is that an F major? F major 7. And oh, we didn't get to the, the chord in the thumbnail. So in the thumbnail, I played this chord. So it is an F major 7. But then I added a sus2, or you can, you can just think 9, you know? So here's a sus2, which is the G. Or you can think of it as a 9. So F major 7, sus2. 
it's just kind of knowing the chord, knowing what notes you're playing in the chord and how to manipulate those notes in order to create extensions really is, is all it is. So, because uh, music changes um, or the, the tone of the chord changes every time you change one thing, yeah? Just like a G and G minor is just the third being lowered by a half step. So here's G, here's G minor. So G is, uh, the triad is G, B, D. So. But if you lower the third by a half step, it then becomes a G minor. So just by like manipulating one thing, you can change the whole chord around, okay? Um, and then a uh, flat, like flat three and flat five becomes something else. Or if you sharp the, you know, like sharp the five, or if you do this, there's just like so much stuff that you can do with that with, with chords and just experiment with it. And I can't be sitting here for like two hours explaining every single one, but just well, experiment. Yeah. And then like, that's why like people, yeah. they get scared. They're like, oh, what? This chord sounds so fancy. But then like yeah. the chord name is telling you exactly how yeah, to like, what, what play the, it, right? How to construct that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little bit harder with ukulele because we only have four strings. Yeah. But yeah so, so nowadays I don't get intimidated whenever like, you know, uh, I'll see a chord and like, oh, I've never played that chord before. It's like, no, okay, I'll dream, just take it one thing at a time. What is the root chord? Mm -hmm. Okay, G and G minor. Okay, we know how to make a minor. G minor seven. Okay, we know how to add the, the you know, the minor seven. Do that G minor. And then uh, flat five. Okay, okay. We have G minor seven. Now where's my five? I need to flat that. Then bam, G minor seven flat five doesn't become so intimidating, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And also because there's only four strings. Then yeah. And yeah. so you can it's kind like... of just like you know omit some like as as you extend it, then you kind of have to omit yeah, some of the it's like some a the puzzle. chords. You, you have to yeah, figure out. You have to what... figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not to like toot my horn or anything and stuff, but like one of the, um, one of the hardest pieces of music that I had to, uh, that I had to arrange was the music for the Simpsons, the Simpsons intro, the, the, uh, the couch gag thing that I did. Now that is by Danny Elfman who likes his cluster chords so much. And I'm just like, how do I build that? You know, how do I build those chords? So there has to be, I'm playing a chord, but I'm like, okay, I can maybe play this one, this one, and this one, you know, yeah, like yeah. play that one. There's like and seven then, notes to the chord. Yes, but I'm like, okay, well, maybe four. I'll bring another ukulele and that second ukulele plays this note, this note, and oh. this note. So that's how I built those cluster chords yeah, that, yeah. that I played in the Simpsons theme. And like, and it took me like, there are some parts, most of them is like three ukuleles. Where it's like either two ukuleles playing the chord and then that one ukulele playing the main lead, mm -hmm. like, you know, over, uh, on top of the chord. Or um, one that's kind of just doing... Like I can play the chord with just, you know, with, with, uh, with one ukulele and then a harmonic line between the two. Mm -hmm. Or there's four ukuleles where there's like two ukuleles playing a cluster chord and then two ukuleles playing the melody in harmony to yeah, it. Yeah. And then there's sometimes there's five. Where it's just, it's, in, it's insane. Where there's like a counter melody to the, uh, to, to, to the melody with the harmony and there's a counter melody to that. And there's like, and the cluster chord is going on. And then there's a sixth one. I think one, like one part and there's a sixth one where it's harmonizing the counter melody and then the melody 
has a harmony and then the chord takes two clothes to play. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it was insane. So it's that, but like whenever I'd see it, you know, I'd kind of build the chord around to like, okay, well, my ukulele can, can play this or my fingers can reach this, 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 and this, you know, like, oh, those are the four notes I'm playing. I'm playing with one ukulele. So I had multiple ukes too. I had like, um, I had one like with a low G, one with you know one with high G, just so that I can play like a bunch of different voicings. It was it was insane. It was the hardest piece of music that I had to arrange, but it was a nice little challenge because uh, I kind of wanted to take on um, like something from Nightmare Before Christmas because that's also Danny Elfman or something with Batman, you know, or like an Oingo Boingo song or whatever, yeah. you know, and. Uh, and it's just crazy to take up, do that song and really just take a slight peek behind that guy's brain. And it's insane. I'm like, I, I don't know how you came up with this, but it's genius because like, it makes sense once, once I played the whole thing and once all the puzzle pieces fit, it's like, that's how you come up with that. Like your, your brain is Mr. Elfman is, is so beautiful. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Questions from the audience. Yeah. Uh, so Elsie said, uh, "How does barring work? The that clipping device. And I think they mean they're oh, talking capo. Yeah, capo. That clipping device you place on your you when you clip. Uh, do you play? Sorry. Yeah. Do you play notes regularly as if you're starting from the fret where the bar is placed? I'm a beginner and do not understand. Okay, so." This Wait, is a, but, but there's a, a difference between using a capo and barring. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, maybe let's go talk about yeah, that. So there's yeah. a difference between the barring and using the capo. Barring is manually like barring the chords so that you're holding down those notes. So for example, if I were to play a B minor seven chord, like I said earlier, I am barring the second fret, meaning I'm holding down with one finger all four strings. Okay. Or, yeah. Or, or, or you can bar, bar just three or whatever, strings. multiple strings. Yeah. yeah. So in this case, my B minor seven is held with the pointer finger barring the second fret. And then that okay. would be referred to as a bar chord. As a bar, this is a bar yeah. chord. This there is are, a bar chord. There are many okay. bar chords out there. Yeah. So I can, you know, with the rest of my fingers, I can definitely add things to, you know, to that bar chord. Okay. Now, what a capo does is it does that for you, but it cannot move around. The advantages of using the bar is, uh, is you can, you know, you you can still have access to these two frets, the the zero fret and the first fret. If you put a capo in there, it's pretty permanent for that song. You cannot play any like notes like on the first fret or a second fret or zero fret. Okay, because if you take your capo. And what this does is it bars it for you. So it's it's like a something that pinches, it's like a clipping device. So you clip this on, see it like on the second fret, and it holds that second fret. Right? That's the same as playing. Okay? So when you bar this, then it becomes a B, an open B minor 7 chord. So you, the tuning of your ukulele changes, meaning the chords you play are going to change. So you could play, and, and this is why I would think of things as shapes, not necessarily, don't associate them with certain chords. Because if, you know, if you're looking at this and you're like, oh, that's, that's like a G chord. Yes, you're absolutely right. And that's how you should, you know, you should see it. But I would think of it as a G chord shape. So imagine this shape as G chord shape, okay? 
And when you play it in its regular position, yes, it is a G. But if you move that G chord shape up by a half step, it is no longer a G chord. Okay, so I'm, I'm muting this top string because everything has to move up by one. So if you move these three, uh, these three notes up one, then this, it has to be like on the first fret like this. But I'm just going to take my thumb, I'm going to mute it. This becomes a G sharp. If you move it up another one, this becomes an A. Move it up another one, becomes an A sharp, so on and so forth, okay? So now, when we have our capo on the second fret, if we were to play that G shape with our capo on second, in its regular position, it is no longer a G chord. That is now an A chord. So this is an A chord because in the chord shape of G, our G note is on a ring finger. Okay, so that's E string third fret. That gives us our G notes. When we build this chord, it's a G chord. When we move it up by one, this note that we're not playing, uh, that we are now playing, is a G sharp, making this a G sharp chord. So if we're playing it here, uh, ring fingers on the fifth fret, that's your A notes. With that chord shape, it becomes an A chord. So if my capo is on the second fret, and I play that, it is now an A chord, not a G. Okay? But, not to confuse you even more, but there are some music sheets that say, uh, these are the chords, capo this fret. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, you're going to play those shapes. Those, are, those then become shapes. Those are not the chords that you're playing. So, if, uh, if a song says, uh, capo 4, play CGF. This is not a C. This is an E. Okay? This is not a G. This is a B. This is not an F. It is an A. But this is a C chord shape. This is a G chord shape. And it's an F chord shape. So, um, when we play these, uh, when, when you play those, or when we use capos, capos are mostly used for, you know, if, you're, if you don't need to play down here. So, if you're a singer and you're not going to pick anyway, you know, and it's, it's a lot simpler to play open chords rather than to, to bar them. So, in this case, if you're barring that fourth fret and playing that C, G, F... Those three chords are E, B, and A. And if you're a beginner, it's a lot harder to play an E chord, a B chord, and an A chord than it is to play a C chord, G chord, and an F chord. Okay? So, oftentimes, if you're, you know, if you're a singer and you want to play higher, you can just kind of move this around, and that makes the, uh, the, the key higher. Okay? So, if, if, uh, if I'm playing... Um, let's see. Sunday morning. Let's speak in two five ones. Sunday morning rain is falling. Works for me in, in G. But if if I was like, okay, it's a little low, I can make it higher. So I can put it on fret one and then do the same chord. 
Sunday morning rain is falling. You went up by a half step, and then you can go up by another. If you're like, oh, it's still too low, move it up another half step. Move it up another, you know, another fret, which is a half step. Same thing, E minor, D7, G major 7. So you don't have to, like, change the chord around. You're, it's still the same chord shapes that you're playing, but it's just higher. Sunday morning rain is falling And it becomes a whole step up from the original Steal some color, share some skin If you need it to be even higher, go up another one Sunday morning rain is falling Then you'll be in B flat So on and so forth, it just goes up and, you know, up and down, right? So in the context of like when you find a music sheet that says capo 2 here's the chords your uh those chords then become chord shapes rather than like here's the chords because if uh, if you tell if you're um you know if you're playing a capo 2 and you're playing c f and g in capo 2 uh you're actually playing d uh d a g right but if you tell a guitar player that's playing with you like oh i'm playing uh c f g and you guys play together it's not gonna be. It's not gonna sound unless insane. he's it's also capable. Unless he's also like, capoing too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like maybe could you try capo and play like CFG and then Aaron play CFG without a capo and you can hear yeah, like you can hear. <laughs> not, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. So here's here's Aaron's I guitar. I I was just saying like you could even do it on the youth too, right? Like if you're oh, yeah. capoed yeah. on the youth, I guess it it would have yeah. But then I also wanted to add too that mm-hmm. you said like you'll see a lot of singers do yeah. this, and that I think that is like the use case for most people is mm-hmm. that because they're singing, they don't really want to think of what chords they're playing, mm-hmm. so they use easier mm-hmm. to play chords with a capo to make yeah. it change and, keys. And it's like it's a device to make it easy to like to play certain hard chords. So even mm-hmm. if you're not a singer, if you're like a picker and stuff, but you really know your C major scale yeah. or you really know the key of C, then yeah, you would just capo it all all over. But that's why, like, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to seem or yeah. sound like it also becomes braggadocious yes as, because it becomes point. a clutch so you'll never see guys like myself Kalei, uh jake taimane like you know like we'll just play whatever chord that is because it's it's a four-stringed instrument mm-hmm. you know what i mean like to i could see it on guitar there's certain like open chords in the guitar that you yeah. just can't you just can't get unless you use a capo but with with the ukulele um I feel like it's just easier to just learn that chord yeah. rather than like carry a capo around and just and it you have so much more access to to notes because the more you capo or the higher that you capo, the more notes you're blocking out. Yeah. Or you're you're taking away from your you know from your, your arsenal. Okay. So if you were to bar even just to the second fret, you know what I mean? Then then your lowest note then becomes a D. You no longer have access to C. And in the key of D, um, our go home chord A has a C sharp in there. Okay? So you, you can never you can now not go to you know like play that like play that half step down for that 7 to create the tension for your uh, for your D in this in that case. You're taking it away, you know, unless you but sometimes, you know, it, it's going to make a big difference that you can't play the lower part, the yeah. lower version of that. Yeah, especially because the ukulele is a high yeah, instrument yeah. already. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, I think it's and, just going to make it sound even higher and clinkier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and I think, like, you'll see singer-songwriters mm-hmm. play with capos and stuff, mm-hmm. but, like, uh, it's pretty quickly, like, if you do try and play with a capo and mm-hmm. you try and, like, if you're playing with somebody else and you're using a capo for every song and you gotta be, like, okay, for this song, I move up to the fifth fret, for this mm-hmm. song, I move down to the third fret. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty quickly you realize, like, oh, uh, this is kind of slow, like, yeah. just changing the capo every single time. And then if you do it enough to it, Probably will change the tuning mm-hmm. of your string, mm-hmm. so you have to retune also. Yeah, so it's There's like this just, tension being put on. Yeah, yeah. so it, it kind of becomes like where it's like maybe I'll just learn chords instead of <laughs> using the cable so often. Yeah, I think that like at least for me, that's like something I used to do, and yeah. then it's just like oh okay. yeah, the chords aren't that bad. Yeah, so let's try this out. We we didn't mean for uh, Aaron to take his guitar on and not use it. Mm-hmm. So um, here it is. So I'm gonna play C F. So if I was like, Aaron, I'm playing this song. It's like, well, what chords are you playing, Aldrin? Aaron, I'm playing the song. What chords are you playing, Aldrin? <laughs> I'm playing C, F, and G. Okay. Let's play it together. Ready? <laughs> one, two. On one, two. Ready? Go. <laughs> ah, something sounds wrong, Obviously Aaron. not. I'm I telling know. you what chords I'm playing straight up. You guys, you just follow me, please. <laughs> you, guys, uh, you guys are you're playing all neo chords, right? <laughs> like that's what you guys are trying to do. It's a uh, it's a D yeah. over oh, wait, so, over C. So either either you could tell me what chords yeah. you are actually playing, or yeah. I could put the cable the cable on, on two. Yes. So, you so to fix that, that? Yeah. so if my cable was on two. Because uh, two, that means uh, two half steps up, so it's a whole step. Each each fret is a you know is is a half step, right? So if we're putting keep on two, that means it's a whole step up. So take all the chords you just said and bring it up by a whole step. So instead of it being C F G, a whole step above a C is then a D. Mm-hmm. A whole step above an F is a G. The whole step above a G is an A. So our the chords I have to tell Aaron is D G. Hey, so Aaron, let's play a song together. What chords are you using? <laughs> I'm treating, what chords are you using? <laughs> I'm playing D, G, and A. Are you ready? <laughs> sure. One, two, ready, D. Wow, we sound like a band. We should travel the world together. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I could put my capo oh, yep. on two as well yeah. and then oh you have a capo too Aaron yeah. let's play a song together with your capo and my capo <laughs> yeah. on the same fret what chords are you using Aldrin <laughs> I'm playing with my capo on C F and G so play your C F and G with your capo on on what fret <laughs> second fret thank you for asking <laughs> ready one two one two ready C We, sh- we really sound good. <laughs> we should take this show on the road. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I think people of Korea would love to hear a duo like us <laughs> who can capo and can play capo. together. It's mostly me capoing. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's it, really. And for those of you folks who are um, wondering what a good capo for, uh, for the ukulele, Pers- I mean, it's personal preference. I like Kaiser. Kaiser? Mm-hmm. Ka- Kaiser? <laughs> it was yeah. an S. We've been, yeah. we've been 
using Kaiser for a while. I dig this because I don't know, like that's just what I grew up with. It's it's not because it's easy or it's because it's convenient or whatever. It's just like growing up. It, my my dad, my uncles played guitar. They had capos, and it would be like a Kaiser capo. I yeah to use. Yeah. I, I pretty much prefer any of the capos where it's Clap. like uh yeah. Yeah, and or yeah. instead of like there's capos where you can like tighten it too. Like, yeah, it takes too it takes too long. Yeah, so just any that is like uh, what is it spring loaded? Yeah, spring loaded and just clamps on just like that, nice and simple. So I don't have to clamp it on and then tighten it up and stuff because like I don't know. There's a is yours a ki- kaiser? <laughs> I think also? so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like because there's some times where like um I'll like we'll, we'll play a song and then uh, Aaron has to. Maybe take the capo off for like the next, you know, for the next song. So instead of him like having to screw it. And sometimes we do a medley where either he has to put on a capo or has to take a capo off. Um, and those times, like it's good to just like, boom, that's done. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, or, uh, or the opposite of just like, uh, boom, now I'm on, thir- I'm on three, you know? Yeah. So the, the fancy one that I use is a Talia. Oh. Uh, but I, that was gifted to me. That's why. Uh, yeah. By who? By girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've seen ukulele players use it, but it's kind mm. of a heavy capo and mm. it's big. I think it's just a yeah. one side. That's true too. Think about the the amount of weight it adds to, to yeah. this side. Yeah. 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 So the, this Kaiser capo, like I believe, it's like they say it's ukulele, but then it can, you can also see it as a mandolin and banjo. Capo. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All good, you know, capos, totally fine. Don't let it become a clutch. Crutch. 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 Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking bags. (laughs) Don't let it become a crutch. Okay, because like, it can quickly become that. And if it becomes a crutch, then you're just playing in one key. But like, you know, or you can really only play in in like one or two keys or something, you know, because if you just keep moving it and you're playing G, C, D, uh, like every single time, then you're... You know, your library of cores in your head is is not that vast, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, next. Uh, Dale said, with dollars not an issue, which uke brand would you say is the best in quality, Ooh. intonation, uh, durability, sound, etc.? considering the price is actually for quality and not just because it's popular? Yo, at, at like price, you just just like close your eyes and like and pick one because you can just pay that person money to like make this better <laughs> like, or, like you know make sure here's x amount of money make sure that intonation is on or else i'm not taking it because i'm you know or make sure that it sounds like this or else i'm not taking this yeah but you know because like, you actually yeah want. because at that price point if we're not if we're talking money's no object you can get one from anyone and it'll basically sound that good at that or it should sound that good at that price range so say five grand and up you know five thousand dollars and up it should sound good like baseline should be like that that sounds great at you know it should at least okay it should sound good and uh and anything that you add on to it that makes it more expensive are just that or just add-ons you know Mm -hmm. so uh i i would say anything i mean i'm not saying that as a cop-out of like i don't want to name a brand and offend anyone but like honestly if you know like if a brand doesn't sound that great or at least doesn't sound like the the you know the top whatever um the, the top 10 percent or wh- however you want to are we going to talk about it um then that's not great for that for that brand but i feel like all 
in all brands should have at least a um, what's the word I'm looking for here? A uh, standard, like you know, a certain standard of like this is like. We can't get it to sound any better than this. This is the best sound that we're going to get. Um, the money that comes, you know, uh, that, that you're paying for is all the fancy stuff. Do you want, like, do you want a slotted headstock? Do you want, like, Brazilian rosewood? Do you want the bevel? Do you want the armrest? Do you want fancy inlays? Do you want, you know, like, do you want the inlays to be made of moon rocks? Like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, if you have $100,000... That you're spending on an ukulele, and like, and like, oh, what you know? Uh, if I were to strum that ukulele, okay, that hundred thousand dollar ukulele, I probably couldn't tell unless there was something like there was a physical feature in it that would that would be a tell. But if you gave me a blind test, a five thousand dollar ukulele versus a hundred thousand dollar ukulele should be pretty close. Correct, Kai. Close or like even indistinguishable, like sound wise. <laughs> yeah, sound wise. Because I mean, like maybe at a hundred, at five grand, you 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 know, maybe you can't get like this is whatever you know, like the this is the most vintage. Like I've I kept this wood like you know for for four hundred years and like in perfect condition. Or like that four hundred year old wood, you know, like could be uh could be could be worth like fifty grand just the wood alone. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like maybe that might make a difference, but. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it can sound that much better. I think, well, if you're, like, interested in any brand that's, yeah. like, very high-priced, like, just check online and see mm-hmm. if somebody else has gotten instruments from them. Yeah. And if, they're, <laughs> if they've got, like, that high-end instrument and then there's, like, an intonation problem... I think pretty quickly, yeah. like people are not going to be happy. You shouldn't. Then you'd be like, "Why? No, that doesn't yeah. sound good." Like, and don't pay for it. Back. Yeah, you bring it back. Hopefully, like, right? like, yeah, that if there are makers who are making it at a high price and then like there's problems, yeah. hopefully they do have a return policy or like a you know a policy where they can fix it for you. Yeah, I have tons of high end ukuleles and like there's always something in it that like that I'll find that I'll I'll bring it back for. Like nobody's perfect. Like I have tons of kanileas, I have like kamakas that have sent back. I have like kolohas that have you know that have sent back and yeah. Yeah. It's just but like all also, the K brands. That's, like, you know? that's what you're paying for. Yeah, but that's what you're make, paying for. Yeah. Make sure that you get yeah. what you want. Yes. So you know, I think at a certain price point, it should all sound kind of the same. So you can, you, then it becomes a personal preference. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, because my personal preference might be different from yours. You, you might say that, like, say, I play Kanye because I like the Kanye sound. You know, mm-hmm. that sound might not be for you. Yeah. So, what are it, characteristics? Yeah, of the characteristic of a Kanye sound is like it's got more of a mid tone than, than higher, brighter tones and got that low tone in there as well. Um, whereas a kamaka is purely just mids and uh, and and bright, and koloha is just bright. There's some mids, but mostly bright. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it depends on how you play it. You know, a guy like a guy like Neil Chin, we were just talking about, he plays a koloha. So you might think like, oh, okay, well, Aldrin says it's more more you know uh, of a bright personality. Then yeah, because on the hands of someone like Neil who plays jazz. He'll play it, you know, in a jazz style, which is usually more subdued, but now give it that, like, that koloha brightness. Yeah. It makes it really his pops. sound, yeah. it pops, you know what I mean? Like, it, in the hands of a certain, like, of a certain player, like, certain combinations will work, will work best. So, for Neil, it's like, yeah, 
Kolo hub for him is that's the sound. For myself, I strum a lot, you know. And I, I if you guys ever heavily. seen me, yeah, very heavy. If you guys have ever seen me in a serious kind of like concert setting, I'm very, very, very heavy with my strum. So if I were to play a koloha, either the strings will snap or it's too bright and it's piercing. And yeah. you don't want to be in the audience when I'm banging away the strings and I'm getting lots and lots of highs on there, brightness on there. So I normally stick to a kanileo where the mids and lows are more prominent than the highs are, you know, so (laughs) that I can bang away on it and it sounds really good. Uh, Someone like Jake, who's like a, you know, I, you can't even say jack of all trades. He's the king of all, ace of all trades. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he's good at all like at everything. Player. If uh, you know, if this was an RPG and he had that Pentagon or whatever, it'd just be all maxed out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, Kamaka for him. I mean, he could play whatever we call it, make it sound really yeah, good. Yeah. But I guess Kamaka would make sense because Kamaka's the most like you know middle of the road good at everything. Right, yeah. so Kamaka's yeah. got those midtones, got those brightness, it's got those, uh, it got the low tones in there as well. Yeah, you know. And like, then he's been playing Kamaka all these years, so he has he knows crafted that sound. his yes. style, yes. yeah, based off of that instrument. But yeah, then you got guys like uh, um, I don't know if Matt is still here. Matt will, you know, Matt plays Kanileo, but he has a more better ukulele as well. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, he'll tell you that his approach on the more better is different from his approach on the Kanileo ukulele. Although, you know, mostly similar, but mm-hmm. I'm sure he knows the difference between what that you can do and what that other ukulele can do yeah, yeah. so there's and that one might, master you yeah. that can you know you might I mean, choose certain songs yeah. or certain performances yeah. or on even one like or the other same brands you know yeah, like yeah, i'm yeah. sure like, like yeah um matt's like uh his spruce you know kanilea versus his uh i mean i think he has a redwood one like might be different from you know from uh, the sound wise and, and the way that he approaches each instrument because i know i do like this is uh, is the te- the ukulele on the ground teaching ukulele that we have here nice and fancy is our is our v2 <laughs> ukulele uh ukulele on the ground ukulele version 2 has a nice little rosette on it but this is uh i i would play things differently on this than i would with my main ukulele which is the spruce top rosewood backsides and and it has like the you know the the bells and whistles like the um the true relief and the uh, the bevel because I have the bevel I might be able to play some stuff up here a little bit you know a little bit better because of the size because of the sound I might approach it differently or might attack it differently so that is a very very subjective question because you can if money is no object then you just basically pick what works for you that is going to be the best brand because yeah. every single brand at that price point should deliver in quality yeah well and they'll like at that price, you're getting like a custom ukulele, yeah. and they'll probably talk you through it too. Yeah. Like, and they'll try and make sure that you're getting exactly what you want. Right? Yes, <laughs> and and if you don't, let them know because yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't cough up that much money. It's like you know, like a down payment for a good car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for like for that's a card like down payment, and that kind of you know that kind of money, uh, you should get something uh, quality and something yeah. that you're happy with that, you know, so if it comes back like, oh, there's a buzz by, by all <laughs> means, you're like, Hey, this is buzzing. And that's like, it's common. You know what I mean? Like a common uh, for, for uh, all the instruments from like, from hundred dollar ukuleles to like $5,000 ukuleles, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's buzzing. And um, 
you should definitely like give it back and say, hey, I need this fixed because I paid you five grand. <laughs> like it should have <laughs> buzzed like this or it, this should at least be, you know, or tell me how I can get rid of this because it could be like a humidity thing. I think we yeah. answered that a couple of weeks yep. back and stuff, yep. but it shouldn't be, you know, a problem in the build. So either the, you know, the uh, Luthier will tell you why it's mm-hmm. buzzing or they'll take a look at it. If they take a look at it and like, no, everything's fine. It's probably just this, probably just string. It's probably just hum- like humidity. Maybe mm-hmm. you put a humidifier, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. At that price point, expect quality. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and most builders will. Yeah. Right? We'll build with quality. Yeah. yeah I'm because... not, not going to sit here and be like, hey, let me tell you who's not going to build with quality. Like, no, they all, <laughs> they're all great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're pricing instruments at yeah. that price point, then it's like, they're not, they're, that, it's their name on the line. Yeah. They won't. Like, like we, or uh, like I said earlier, right? Like if you, if there's a builder who's putting out ukuleles that are yeah. really expensive and somebody buys it and it's like not what they wanted mm-hmm. pretty quickly, like you'll hear about it online. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, no, but, this isn't. But if let's, let's, let's answer the, the question in this angle, like, if money was no object, what kind of ukulele would I get? Like, yeah, I, I have kanade ukuleles already. Yeah, me personally, yeah. I have kanade ukuleles already. I have kamaku ukuleles already. I have koloa, like all that stuff. Uh, could probably go for like a divine or a more better ukulele, but then tons of people have those. If money was no object, I would go straight up to like, you know, to, to Taylor or to Martin. We're like, hey, I want a custom ukulele. They're like, oh, we don't make those anymore. It's like, you yeah. will for this much money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, if I put 50 grand on the table, like, they're like, okay, uh, we'll get somebody to, <laughs> to do that right away. And they're like, yeah, here's 50 grand. Make me an ukulele. And like, to you know, your specs. Yeah, to my specs, yeah. to, to what I want. And like, oh, okay, well, it's going to cost you this much. Like, well, money's no object. So, bam, <laughs> you're 70 grand now. And I'll build what I want or whatever, you know? So, at that point, if we're talking money is no object, I would go to, yeah, to like Taylor or, or Martin and, and ask for like really a one of a kind. Nobody else has kind of ukulele because you can always go to these companies and be like, okay, I want this kind of uke or whatever. And I'm sure like if you go up to Joe Souza, like here's $50,000 or whatever. I, I want you to make me a, a inlay with moon rocks on it. And you're like, okay, well, I guess I better go secure some moon rocks, you know, <laughs> and, or, or whatever, you know, because like they've already made a new quilla with silver like in it. I'm sure they can incorporate moon rocks. <laughs> we talked about uh, fairy dust or like dragon's horn. <laughs> I think a couple of weeks ago you said like if money wasn't an object, yeah. what kind of headphone would they want? Yeah. Uh, I mentioned like Sennheiser had their top of the line. The most expensive headphone is like mm. a HE one, and it's sixty thousand dollars. Mm. But part of it is that it's the case is made out of marble, yeah. and the marble is the same marble from the Statue of David. <sighs> they make sure to get the same marble. Yeah, yeah exactly so that's, that. That's, that's the moon rock. Yeah, you yeah. know, that is that is there's, the eye of Newt. There's <laughs> that only you're for. Yeah. They, they have one guy yeah. in Ireland who's putting these together by himself and testing every <laughs> single thing like 250 times. Yeah, I want yeah. I want little little specks of the heart of the ocean yeah. <laughs> like on on my ukulele or like I want diamonds on it. Not just any diamonds. I want the diamonds from Jay-Z's neck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you have to buy a diamond necklace from Jay-Z yeah. so you can use those diamonds because I now know. I'll know the difference. 
between want, regular, you know, you, you didn't just go to Kanye and get Kanye's diamond. I want Jay-Z's diamonds. For the inlay, I want like half Jay-Z <laughs> and half Beyonce diamonds. Yeah, right? there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And it has to have, it has to be diamonds that, that Beyonce wore on stage. And you have to tell me which, you know, which mm-hmm. stage that oh, she wore that at. You clearly yeah. see it's this <laughs> diamond right <laughs> Which there, tour yeah. it's from. Yes. Like, that's it. It's, it's going to have to be one of those. Okay. Uh, I think we can, can we do one more, Kai? And you got to go, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay dude, we'll, we'll answer one more. Uh, so, uh, Yukin Kamaka said, question about musicality. Yes. How can I not sound like a robot? Uh, when playing the ukulele i've been playing for a few years now but i sound sort of awful or not good to my ear and any help would do um musicality i mean it's a lot of it is uh is maturity you know like the the more you play the you know the mature the more mature you will become as as a musician um a lot of it has to do with playing with others as well because you know if you just if you're just playing by yourself, it's basically an echo chamber, you know? Like, you're not going to grow or mature as a musician if you just play, you know, like... Or if you just hear just yourself. You need to hear other people. You need to play with other people. And when you're playing with other people, uh, it's it's different from, like, playing along with, like, with YouTube or whatever. If you're just learning online, it's really, really, really different that uh, when, when you're, you know, when you're jamming with other people cut heads with people if you're at a point where you know how to solo um cut heads which is like you know solo battle with somebody and i can't tell you how i mean i can't tell you how many times i've lost but also won in like in cutting heads i've you know like every like every great player that i've toured or met or played with i've asked to cut heads with because i would like to learn from them you know, like it's just my humble way or not so humble way of, of saying, hey, I would like to learn from you. And but we don't have a time to uh, to to sit down and do some lessons. Why don't we just cut heads? Because I want to see what you do with these chords. And then uh, when I play this, I want to see what you respond to me playing this, because, you know, I, I'm at a certain level, but. By cutting heads with, say, Abe Lagrimus a couple years back, it's like I feel like my uh, my level went up because I now know, okay, in this situation, he did this scale and he did this. He went these notes and he he played this he played this line. I played this line. He answered with this line, so I can incorporate some of those lines into my line, you know. And um, I uh, I was lucky enough to cut heads with Jake a lot. Like back when I was in college, when I was living on on Oahu, that's basically all we did. It's like uh, that's that's why um, "Breezin" is such a special song to me because that's what we cut heads with. And like and with someone like Jake, like what do you do with a one six two five? You know, like chord change. Like it's so I felt like at the time it was very limiting. But then the things that he did with it, and and I would learn from each battle that that I would have. Or we'd play something as simple as like "Waiting in Vain," which is just G. Major seven and A minor. Or A minor. Whatever. C major seven, A minor, you know, whatever you wanna you wanna play there. It's it's relative. Now, the things that I would watch him do with those two chords, I it's like burned in my mind, and you you know, you you learn. So Play with as much people as possible and you're going to, um, you know, you're going to mature as a player and you need to kind of, you need to mature. And that's the only way that your musicality is going to, you know, is going to get better. Also, um, putting yourself out there for criticism, 
is going to help you mature. Oh, of course, like good criticism, not like the usual YouTube comments of like, you suck or like, uh, you look like the guy from Spider-Man, you know, like <laughs> it's, those are not, you just don't pay attention to those, you know? So pay attention to the ones like, okay, well, you know, uh, maybe try this chord instead, or maybe in this line, do that line uh, or do this, try this note or whatever, or maybe try playing it with a little bit of this, try, you know, um, I did, uh, live coaching earlier with some some UU plus students. You know, there's there's one where I'm like, okay, play each note to its full value because I feel like you're not you know playing each note to its full value. You're playing everything right. You know, the the technique is is there, but if you cut a note off too soon, then that has a completely different feel, completely different phrase than uh, than than. Uh, what what you just did okay so it's those things you know like uh putting yourself out there for criticism playing with others and uh and maybe even just trying something new you know like if you're getting bored or if you feel like you're not improving uh try playing something new uh, try learning something or uh a lot of the times when people say oh it sounds robotic work on your phrasing mm-hmm. like how would a singer sing that because a singer has to breathe a mm-hmm. singer uh, has to, you know, like has to know when to make that note loud, make that note soft. They're not going to sing just one volume. Think of your, but your ukulele very fast can, you know, can, uh, you can just play notes on and on. You don't have to breathe with your ukulele and your ukulele, you can just play each note, the same volume every time. That's not what you want to do with, uh, with, with your solos or with the ukulele. You want your, uh, your solos to have substance. You want it to have melody. You want it to have phrases. Okay. So that's how you're going to get better. That's how you go from sounding like a robot to sounding like Kyle Ferruccio. Yeah. I think, well, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Kyle? Kyle uh, yeah, your, your second favorite yeah. son, son said, uh, recording yourself playing will also give you a chance to really concentrate on listening yeah. and taking notes on what you might want to work on. And yeah. I was going to say, too, that um, I think that to not sound robotic, it's really in the details that you'll expand your playing. Because like when you start off, and mm. the reason why you probably sound robotic is you're just worried about playing either the right notes or chords, and then now is the time to like really think like, well, like how does the actual person who plays this like what are they doing differently from yeah. me that sounds so different from yeah. when I play, and it probably is those like where they make lo- notes longer than yeah. other notes yeah. or they make it quieter or softer or just how they play it. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of different things that you can think about. Yeah. And, you know, but all all those things. But I think, you know, if I were to sum it up to maybe just one piece of advice is just to play as, you know, with, with as much people as possible. That's how you can mature. Yeah, play, I, I just, think, like, play with other people and then, like, listen yeah. or, like, listen. pay listen. attention to them. Yes. Too. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Play with others, especially others that are better than you, and just listen. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to cut it off right here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you can always email us your questions if you're like, oh, I really wanted him to answer this, but he didn't get time. They didn't come get to it or he didn't want to. That big meanie, he's just ignoring me. Or whatever. You, can, you can email us and we'll either answer you an email or answer you the next episode of, uh, of our podcast. Um, we just put out a brand new play along uh, last week, a week ago. Um, that is Misty. Uh, that's our version of Johnny Mathis's uh, take on Misty, but you know others have done that. So if you want to learn a nice jazz stand, you can learn that. Uh, we also did um, uh, a while back. We did One Piece. We did uh, Binks Sake or uh, Binks's Brew. Um, so if you want to learn a One Piece song, you can check that out. 
Uh, we have, I don't know, check out Ukulele on the Ground and UU Plus to take your ukulele playing to the next level. Just before this, we did um, our first Monday session of UU Plus live coaching. And uh, yeah, got a lot of cool, um, cool advice, cool help uh, on there. And uh, we'll see you folks on Friday for Aloha Friday Live Jam. Okay? Uh, toodaloo. Aloha.